I think it's an opportunity to try something new. When do we get to live like the Jetsons? Sometimes I get to see the world's biggest frying pan. I'm reminded of Huga. 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 There is magic in the world. You just have to believe. Hi, I'm Laura. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Kim. This is Nikki. And I'm Louise. Hi, and welcome to the Best Parts Podcast, where we invite you to pull up a chair and think about your best parts, which are all your parts. Please be aware that today's episode may contain some adult language and will most likely include adult content. So please keep that in mind if little ones are nearby. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first ever winter solstice special. So many traditions from so many spiritual backgrounds are happening around this time of year. As a group, we have different beliefs, religions, and traditions that we celebrate. This year, the winter solstice is on December 21st at 10.02 UTC or 4.02 a.m. Central, 2.02 a.m. Sarah time or Pacific if you are not familiar with Sarah time. We have the shortest amount of sun and the longest night of the year. It is believed that celebrating the winter solstice is the world's oldest holiday. We think of fallow fields, hibernation, and introspection. I know a lot of us have feelings about New Year's resolutions, and the solstice is partly the reason for resolutions. It has historically been a time of introspection, reflection, and intention setting for the new year since ancient times. Fire and light are traditional themes of this time of year because of the growing darkness. Ancient people, with evidence back to the Neolithic period, celebrated solstice. So when I said ancient, it's ancient. I personally love this topic because it's a little woo-woo and a little bit sciencey. So it's right in that sweet spot. I'm curious about what everybody's experience is in this time of year. The first word that I picked up was hibernation. And that is what I feel like I've been doing since March. So <laughs> long solstice for Sarah. Right? <laughs> but that's the thing I think about is the day when the, we have the most not sun what is it the longest night darkness yeah it's like you know i i've not sun (laughs) exactly the most not sun i try not to get sad about that day because i have seasonal affect disorder and i need sun i need vitamin d right and so the day if i think about it in a certain way i'll get really sad about it so i try and flip it like this is a day for more rest this is a day to reset so that I think is going to be my way I'm going into it this year instead of, damn it, there's no sun. Now see, I'm the reverse. My least favorite day of the year is generally June 21st because I know at that point that the sun starts going away. And so December 21st is my absolute favorite day of the year because it means I start to get some sun back. I also suffer from seasonal affective disorder. So I love it. Nikki, one of the things you said that really popped out at me was you know, taking time for self-reflection. And I don't think I've ever carved it out to do it on December 21st before, but I kind of think I will this year. I think that might be a a nice time to take a look back for good or for ill at 2020 and start to look forward to 2021. Well, because we've been in that hibernation since March, like Sarah said, I think we've done a lot of spotty reflection, like, oh, this has been a hard year. Oh, there's been good things. But to take that intentional time to sit down and do it just like turns up the power volume on what you can do with that, on what you've learned and what you want to change and what you want to prepare for and what you can do with what's going on. I feel like absolutely I'm with Sarah in that hibernation 
mode. Winter is normally hibernation. I feel like a bear most of the time where I was like, geez, like wish I could just sleep the winter away. And when it gets dark, I get tired. So I'm ready to pack it in just after dinner time lately, because it feels like it's been night for so long. I think sometimes for myself is I push myself too hard in the winter to do all of the things that I think I should be doing. And I've taken the approach over the past couple of years to say, it's okay. If you're tired and you, you need a 10 hour sleep, it's okay to take a 10 hour sleep. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Right. So I feel generally that my body reacts very much differently to the nighttime, to the darkness. And I just want to lean into that and just feel what I'm feeling and, and do that kind of stuff without shooting on myself. Stop shooting on yourself. It's not nice. It's not. It's funny because while I recognize that the days are so short and there's so much darkness, I think because Hanukkah is in there and we bring so much light in through that and out in the world, seeing all of the holiday lights, regardless of whether or not it's because somebody is celebrating anything, there's just so much light that people are putting into the world. I find it cozy. It's that time when... I do slow down. I absolutely slow down. And having, I worked at a school for a number of years and being on that cycle of, of having a few weeks at the end of the year, just to cozy in, we never took trips during that time. It was always just cozying in as the family and enjoying, just enjoying being together. And we've had a lot of that since March. (laughs) And yet it still feels special. It still feels cozy and special and the light is shining through. The whole season, this whole time of year feels cozy. And I like the light that shines through the darkness. So that's kind of what I think about when I think about this time. I'm reminded of Huga when you said that. I was thinking the same thing, Laura. Huga. 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 I was walking my dog yesterday at that in-between time where everybody's turning their Christmas lights on, but it's still not murder darkness outside. And <laughs> I just Did you say up. murder what? darkness? <laughs> you know when it's really dark and every sound you're like, murder, murder, murder? No. Nope. Following oh. me? I can't really say that just I me? do. Just me? <laughs> Anyway, so it was twilight and the people's Christmas lights were on and it was- Holiday lights. The hol- Sorry, thank you, Kim. Everybody's holiday lights were on and there's a Santa with a ukulele standing under a palm tree. There's a yard full of just snowmen. That is their decoration. And there is a nativity scene and there is a house with blue lights with the menorah in the window and just watching all of these different things. It was kind of along the lines of what Kim was saying. It was very sacred, but it was also very delightful because it dissipates the darkness. It doesn't even fight its way through it. It's just, I'm here. And that light shining was fun and delightful. And it was so special to see people leaning into what they believe and what they want to share with the world this time of year. So it dissipated the murder darkness. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Except it wasn't murder darkness yet. It was somebody had to say it. Come on. (laughs) I think what is really wonderful is it doesn't have to try so hard. I, I, some people do because they get so excited and they put, you know, 80,000 lights on their house, which is love. 
I actually find joy, great joy in that. I yep. think right, I don't have the energy for that. I, be, I, you know, worked with my family to strangle a couple of trees with some strings of lights and that's all we do. But outside the house, inside the house, we decorate for Hanukkah and ask me someday about the winter fairy, because that's a whole another thing where we celebrate on New Year's Eve. We have a whole thing around that. So well, wait, now I'm curious where that, where did that come from? The winter fairy? It came from the place that fairies come from. Excellent. Okay. The reason I asked that is while I was doing all of this research for this show, I was just taken aback by, but I guess I shouldn't have been, about all of the history of festivals and holidays around this time of year. And some of it made sense. They, and my apologies to plant based eaters, of which I am one, but they would slaughter the cattle for two reasons. One, so they didn't have to feed them over the long winter. And secondarily, that was their last source of meat or fresh meat for a good long while. And so it made sense. And then they celebrated. And it was just surprising to me how many festivals and traditions were all around this, what we now in modern society call this holiday time frame from December to, you know, into January. And I was curious if anybody else did that. Did anybody else know that there were that many festivals and traditions around this time of year? What always intrigued me is they're from cultures that didn't really have any overlap or intersection. They were on different continents at times when they couldn't hop on an airplane and say, no oh, Google we celebrate here. Yep. No out. Google couldn't figure that stuff out, but we have Stonehenge in England. We have Machu Picchu in Peru. And these are all places that are built to honor the solstice and the traditions of the sun. And they all came up with different ways to celebrate with Yule and Saturnalia and these different events that all center around this time of year. So that is something that also really interests me about the different celebrations and how they choose to celebrate. I think I'm becoming educated right now because I've never thought this much about winter solstice. (laughs) I've just been like, fuck, there's less daylight today. Let's just keep moving forward. Power Um, through. (laughs) Power through, power through. Right? And that's just how I operate. But it's interesting to think about all that because when I think of this time of year, I think of Hanukkah and Christmas and New Year's and that's it. And I love that Kim described things as cozy because that's how I'm feeling this year, heading into this holiday season, including now the solstice, now that I understand a little more. I'm not going home for the holiday for the first time in my life. And so we in my home put up a Christmas tree and lights and we're actually, and we're getting a menorah to put in the front of the um, building. And we put up stockings and poinsettias and all the things. And every morning I get up, I only turn on the Christmas lights and I sit on the couch and I'm reading my book or journaling. And so that's what I'm trying to do to get kind of through this time and not feel sad about it is be cozy. So that's, that's where I'll be. If you need me at 5am Sarah time, we'll send you some snuggly socks, Sarah. Yes, please. I think it's an opportunity to try something new, right? This is a year of firsts. Absolutely. And so why can't it be a year of first traditions or something that happens this year that you want to carry forward into your family traditions going forward? And we're all making do right now and doing what we can, but I think there's an opportunity there also to find that thing that feels really great that you're able to uh, bring forward. So what is something that this time of year that is special or that you want to share or continue moving forward? Maybe it is that first thing that you've found this year that you want to keep doing. What's going on? 
So we and my family celebrate Christmas. We're not very religious. It's just, it was the way my mom showed her love by giving us a lot of gifts. <laughs> and we have all these traditions around Christmas. And I am 42 years old. My sister is 44, I think, if I'm wrong. Sorry, Sharp. My dad on Christmas Eve has read us Twas the Night Before Christmas since my sister was born. We have the original book from 1976 and he opens it and we sit in front of the fireplace. I sit on his left side. My sister sits on his right side and he reads it to us even now. And this will be the first year that I'm not going to be there for that, but we're going to zoom me in and we're just going to find a different way to keep our tradition going. It's something that, you know, I will have for the rest of my life. That will be a tradition that I will take forward. I'm not having children, but I will read it to my nephew or we'll figure it out. But that's a tradition that we've always had. And I just want to share it because it makes me feel all cozy, but I don't know. I feel like maybe I need to come up with a new tradition this year. It's interesting for me because I was reflecting after a Facebook post from a friend of mine and I haven't had an air quotes traditional Christmas for the past five, six years, just because we lost my mom five years ago. And then my dad was in the hospital and my sister and niece had stomach flu. And so it was all of these things where we tried to kind of get it back one year. And then last year was the first year after my dad passed away. And so to me, traditional Christmas doesn't really hold anything right now. And part of me really longs for it, but part of me is not really sure what it's going to look like, especially this year when we're not gathering, we're not having parties or celebrating. And so I guess the last five years have prepared me for this year to not be holding too tightly because there's not a lot I'm really going to miss, if anything, because I've been in let's make it work for the holidays mode for a long time now. I reject the fact that you said there's no parties. We're going to create parties, Nikki. No, in-person parties. parties. We do have one planned, but the in-person parties where you get to get dressed. I mean, we can still dress up, but okay. The hugging, I'm going to miss the hugging at the parties. How about that? Is that good? That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Much like I've said many times during COVID, not a lot has changed. Hanukkah will be the same, albeit we won't be in person with those that we normally, so we normally invite people in to celebrate with us who have not been part of a Hanukkah celebration in the past. We have four nights of gifts and four nights of what's called Sadaka, which is giving. It's charity. And so that will continue. Even though we are Jewish, our daughter does have a um, relationship with Santa and Santa has been so generous in leaving her a gift each year. She leaves a note and cookies and he leaves a wonderful gift for her in exchange. And then I alluded to this, to the Winter Fairy, which is a tradition that we started um, in our family many years ago. And it is, it's a New Year's Eve celebration. So I grew up with Christmas in the home. We do not have Christmas in our home other than Santa. The Winter Fairy has this wonderful thing where there's a tree and a candle and we light the candle and on the tree, we put our wishes and we blow out the candle and the candle, the smoke goes up and goes to the winter fairy and the winter fairy comes. And in the morning, our living room is suddenly transformed into a winter wonderland. And there's this beautiful tree with these beautiful ornaments. And there is one single uh, gift on the tree for our daughter and donuts from our favorite bakery. I don't know how she does that every year. <laughs> Coming over. <laughs> right? 
I want to wake up to that. And it is, I mean, if you want to talk about cozy and magical, and that's the thing. So that's another word that I would use for this time. It's magical. And I think there's too many people that have lost sight of the magic that can happen. I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were cursing Santa and the Easter bunny and all of the things because they're lies that hurt my heart. There is magic in the world. You just have to believe. Well, and they're not lies. They're based on deep cultural traditions and real people. And I mean, Easter bunny probably wasn't a real person, but they're based on these longstanding traditions. It's, there are things that have been morphed and twisted that perhaps make them not as magical as they were meant to be, but they're not lies. No, they're not lies. And there it's magic exists. And I think this time of year, that flame, right? That, that light that breaks through that reminds us that magic exists. That reminds us that fairy tales in a way are true. And if we believe deeply enough, if we can see the beauty, if we can, Nikki, you were talking about all of the different connections that happened or all of the different things that were happening simultaneously across the globe when they didn't have Instagram to check in and see what somebody else was doing. It's no small miracle that things happen, right? And that miracle is there's a sun and it goes around the earth. And at a certain time of the year, we all go into in the Northern hemisphere, we all go into darkness at the same time. And we get to share that as humanity. We get to share that human being to human being, regardless of what our beliefs are. And finding that moment of miracle, finding that moment of magic and having the joy to share that, whether it's virtually or in person with people, it takes my breath away. You make, you say that, right? What is it but magic? If somebody from the 12th century was sitting here, what would they say is happening right now with five of us on a screen? This oh, is hell yeah. but magic. From 100 years ago, even. Right? Mm-hmm. From 50 years ago. I mean, think about it. I, I was watching a movie from 1995 and there, it was even thinking like, could this <laughs> happen? So, <laughs> well, I think of 2001, A Space Odyssey. He consulted with futurists for the talking communication on the television. And a lot of the things were what futurists were predicting. And some of them are right, which is kind of cool, but yeah, it's still back then it was still magic. It was science fiction. It was. Yeah. I think about all the things that we have that came out of an idea out of Star Trek, like Apple watches, flip phones and you know, everything. There was so much that, you know, people saw it as fiction or somebody thought it up. So there's like lots of really cool, interesting theories about where Gene Roddenberry got all that stuff. Um, But that's another topic for another time. And then people made it happen because they had grown up watching it or whatever. So who's to say there's not magic in the world? When do we get to live like the Jetsons? That's your future family? Is that how you want to live? Yep. Ooh, misogynistic (laughs) world. (laughs) I just want the little robot that brings me things. Rosie. (laughs) You can have that now. Yeah. Can we shift towards New Year's resolutions? Because that's the hot topic I want to talk about. Bring it on. What is everyone's thought process around New Year's resolutions? I'm going to hold mine for a minute. (laughs) So New Year's resolutions, that's where I get to bring up a crunchy relationship with resolutions. For me last year, it was about that lovely word of connection and setting an intention more for the year than a goal or resolution or January 1st is start date. Because whenever I pick a date to start, if it's on the first of the month, I won't do it until the fifth. I think that's my rebel side coming out saying, I don't have to do what everybody else does. I don't want to do that. But I also have realized that for me, it's more about 
creating outcomes and working towards what I want and away from what I don't want instead of by December 31st, I will have lost this number of pounds because from a vast and wide experience, I realized that a lot of things don't happen on my timelines and my timetables. And so really leaning into the process of moving towards what I want and allowing that to unfold as it needs to means that sometimes I get to see the world's biggest frying pan because I'll take a detour and go off a side road instead of just saying, nope, I'm heading in that one direction. That's the only place I can go. I'm not taking any exit ramps because the exit ramps are where I have a lot of fun. I have parts that have different opinions about New Year's resolutions, which probably will shock no one. I like setting goals. I don't like the word New Year's resolution because I think it's already tainted. It's set up for okay, I'm going to make this resolution. And then, you know, by February, it's done and dusted. You're, you're completely off path. I found that setting goals works better. I do better with those because in the past, if I set a goal for the year, I may never dust it off and look at it again. But by having a month, then I can go back and check it against what happens in six months from now or every quarter. I'm going to go back and say, okay, do I need to adjust this? I think it's important that they're flexible. When 2020 happened and COVID took over, I had to go back and be flexible about what my goals were because I planned to spend the last six weeks of the year in Italy. That was my plan and that did not work. I like to hold that lightly. I don't want it to be something that I'm, my inner critic beats me up about if I don't get to it. And I've also learned that things happen when they're supposed to, not necessarily on my timeline. Mm -hmm. So I try to, again, hold the whole thing lightly so that it doesn't become something I beat myself up over if it doesn't happen. Yeah, because you get in that cycle of self-flagellation and it's hard to get back to being excited about what you want to do. Yeah, for me, it's more about, I do like to set an intention as it drives, I think, my action. It's the, how am I going to do something 2020 was connection. So how am I going to whatever my goals are, or whatever I'm moving away from or towards connection is the way I'm going to do that. And I'll sit down and take time on December 21st and see what my intention is for the next year. I'm not attached to a date. It doesn't matter what day it is, but I think it deserves some thought and some inner self-awareness as to now, how do I, where, where do I want to go? For me, it's more like, where do I want to move away from? So how much farther am I away from the thing I'm not really happy about in my life? And my intention is the, how am I going to do that? And that's more about the resolution, I guess. Is it a resolution? I don't know. Resolutions sound very like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is when I'm going to do it, right? I resolve to do this at all Very, costs. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that just doesn't work. And I, I don't know, it's more, I think it is more around intention and intentionality. We all have that control in our lives. And like Laura said, we might not know how it's going to happen and we need to be flexible in what that is. But if there's that overarching umbrella about how you want to show up in your life and what you want to bring more of into it. I think that's for me, that's what it's about. Well, and I know several of us chose connection as our word of the year and where we're sitting right now, I could never have mapped out how that would have unfolded this year. There's no way I could have made a plan or a list to say how connection was going to unfold this year. Even though we've been in quarantine and lockdown and all of those fun things, I still feel more connected than I 
probably ever have in my whole life to people on a much deeper level. So it's that opening that space with that word, which is why I'm so intentional about the word for next year, because I mean, it's been great. It's been a journey. It's been a lot of lessons, but a lot of space was opened in ways I could not have imagined. I just want to add that, so, well, I also had connection as my word, I, and I look at an intentioned feeling. It is really looking at, I have a vision for a feeling that I want. So I start with what feeling do I want to have? And I, I do uh, vision boards because I'm a, a very visual person. So I like to be able to see that feeling. So I put that feeling into a visual context on a vision board. From that is where I sit with it. I reflect upon what that feeling is. And that's where I discern what word I have. I also don't just sit on the word for the year and then, you know, keep it going. I actually revisit it. I would love to say quarterly or something like, I don't do well with hard edge timelines and goals. Little rebel sister over here. (laughs) That, and that's not to say that I don't have ways of working through the tasks and the things that I want to do and where I want to go and working towards stuff. And I find to be the most impactful way for me is to do it visually and bring that in and have that come from feeling because I'm, I I want to either move away from a feeling that I have or towards a feeling that, that I want to have more of in my life. And so that's really how I do it. And I don't know if it's a resolution or not. It's something that I do, but I also revisit it throughout the year. So I don't know, maybe I don't know what it is. (laughs) I feel like I'm a mix of what everyone just said. I just wrote a blog post, a little hat tip to Kim Romaine. It's called New Year's resolutions are bullshit. Because I truly believe they are. This episode drops on the 21st. That means you have 10 more days till the new year. So why are we waiting 10 more days to change a habit or to create an attention or to have a goal or to have a vision or to have a feeling. So I do a lot of this all year long. And we were talking about self-reflection earlier. I have a thing called Sunday night roundup that I do that every Sunday night, I reflect back on the past week, what brought me joy, what I was happy with, what was not great. And maybe what I want to, would have changed. And then I reflect forward to the next week. What am I looking forward to? Is there anything I'm not looking forward to? And if so, how am I going to change my mindset around that? And so I don't know why wait till January first to look back at 2020. I I believe in self-reflection and setting intentions and goals and resolutions and all of that throughout the year. And every day you should wake up and be like, what am I doing today? What's my goal? Or what's my vision? What's my feeling that I want to have at the end of the day? And Kim, I'm with you with the vision boards. Sarah, 10 years ago would have laughed my ass off at Sarah now who does a vision board every year, but I love it. And I didn't realize the, the visual piece really worked for me, but I keep it well at my desk at work, which Now it will be my desk at home, which is, by the way, random. The other day, the Google Maps changed my home on Google Maps to office. (laughs) Well, when you haven't left in a while. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it says like suggested location office. Anyway, so (laughs) I'm going to, I do that. I do vision boards and I create, I do words of intent. My word for 2020 was courage. And my word for 2021 is actually connection because I feel like I'm in San Francisco. We're in lockdown. I need to find a way to make sure I stay connected. So that is my word. So when I was looking at all the cool stuff around solstice, I found this beautiful website called blessingmanifesting.com. And there's something on there called my solstice wish, and I'm going to read it. My solstice wish for you this year is this, that your feet and your heart stay warm. Don't let the world make you cold. 
that you know how strong you are and that you stop doubting yourself, that you are able to feel at home, safe, and loved inside of your own skin, that you find your purpose in life and that you go for it with everything that you are. You are put here for a reason, that you make time to enjoy the little things in life, breathe them in. Surround yourself with good people, bright souls that make you feel wanted and loved and know that you are worth loving for exactly who you are. Let me repeat, you are worth loving exactly as you are. So our dear, darling, sweet, wonderful listeners, thank you for pulling up a chair and joining our conversation today. We see you. We love you. And until next time, remember, all the parts are the best parts. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Best Parts Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would love it if you would share this podcast on social media or with anyone you think would enjoy it. After all, sharing is caring. And be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts as it helps others find us. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at The Best Parts Podcast or visit our website at thebestpartspodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, remember that all the parts are the best parts.